Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Half Hour with, the, with Jamie Ivey. Uh, this is the half hour that comes out every other Friday. If you're a regular listener, we have our regular shows on Wednesday. So every Wednesday, I invite a girlfriend to join me. We chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. But on this show, we do things a little bit different. I usually bring back past guests that I love to chat with, that you guys loved, and we just ask some more intentional questions. Um, and today's show is brought to you by Prep Dish, okay? My guest is Shauna. Shauna, I want to tell you about Prep Dish, all right? So fun. Prep Dish is a meal planning service, which I think is like God's gift to women or God's gift to moms especially. So every week, Prep Dish sends you an email, and it has a grocery list, a to-do, like preparation list, and then you have all your meals ready for the entire week. It is fabulous. Oh, I love that. So it's not like they're sending you the ingredients. You know, some people do that. This is just more like they're helping you make a plan. Exactly. I love that. For someone like me, I need help making a plan. And so I get the email every week and it says, here's your menu for the week. Go shopping and buy these ingredients and then come home and spend two to three hours putting all the ingredients together. It's in the fridge. It's ready to go. And this has been a lifesaver for me, like during like busy seasons with sports for the kids. Oh my gosh. I love that because it's ready, you know, and my husband loves to cook and I know you love to cook too. And so there's some fluctuation. Like sometimes we've had a meal and he's been like, I'm going to change this up and he can because he can. If it's up to me, I follow it just like it says, because I don't go out of the box with cooking, but it's great. Yeah, it's I awesome. love that. I know. Well, and I feel like the, for some of us that love to cook, like we love the like long, lazy Saturday, <laughs> yeah. make make a mess, but but we still have to get dinner on the table oh. at, on Wednesday night when the exactly. kids are starving. So exactly. I love that that it makes like that like weekday dinner drama oh, super easy. It's so easy. So go to prepdish.com and use the code Happy Hour um, to get your first month for pretty cheap. So there's that. Okay, Shauna, thanks for coming back. So good to talk to you. Thank you. You were here episode, I went back and looked it up, episode 40, which seems like it's forever ago because, you know, we're like past 100 and stuff. And so when we had you on, we talked about like your cooking club and traveling, all the things that I think of when I think of you. And so that's kind of what we think of when we think of Shauna, cooking, traveling, mothering. Do you love being thought of like that? Oh yeah, that's great. It's who you yes. are. <laughs> I, you know, when I think of myself, that's not necessarily what springs to oh, mind, but I I'll know. take that you'll, one. Sure. You'll take it from us. Okay. So you have a new book and if anyone's listened to the happy hour for any amount of time, they know how much I am a fan of your writing. You are one of my favorite authors. Um, I love your words. So tell Thank us about you. this new book. And I, I like people listen, they know that's sincere. Like I really do Aww. love your words. So tell us about this new book that comes out in just a couple days. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think you're supposed to have a favorite book. Um, I think it's like, you're not supposed to have a favorite kid, but um, (laughs) I have to, I have never been more excited about a book than I am about this one, mostly because, um, the process of living this journey has changed my life so completely. So the book is called present over perfect. And that phrase came out of, uh, like just a, a total like meltdown in my life when I needed, um, I had built this life that I was really excited about and it seemed like the right thing to do. And it seemed like the way that smart people were encouraging me. And I ended up so busy and so exhausted and kind of unable to connect in meaningful ways. And this, this was just my, um, my kind of three year journey out of that way of living into a life of simplicity and prayer and connection. So I'm so excited about it. I actually think that even in our last conversation, I feel like that you, that our conversation kind of went this way a little bit. Like you even talked about this and that was, you know, 2015. So you were probably either writing this book or in the middle of living it. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. I was writing it. Um, and it's been a really interesting process. It's taken me, um, 
every bit I've, I've needed. We've joked about it that like I'm I'm shoving in chapters right at the last second because I'm still <laughs> learning this stuff. Yeah, like I, I I'm right in the middle of this really great journey. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's been something I've been working on for a long time. Do you feel as though um, this book and and I know that you, I know what your answer is going to be, but what happens to us that we forget to be present with where we are? I think we live, uh, I think there's a million different things and there, there's a couple different things for each one of us. So for me, what I found, so like initially I thought like, what is it that, what is it that's keeping me so busy and so distracted? And I thought it was like poor time management skills Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And as I sort of, we, we talk about it now, like peeling the onion, like the outer layer was poor time management skills. And then a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. I was afraid to say no to people because I didn't Mm -hmm. want to disappoint them a little bit deeper. Um, I thought that if I stayed busy, I wouldn't have to pay attention to some of the things inside of me that really needed healing. Um, at the very center of it, what I found is that ultimately I was trying to earn and prove my worth on this planet instead of trusting that, that I'm valuable and loved just for being a person, just for having been created. Mm. And so it started off as a like, how can I shift my to-do list? And it ended up, it ended up being like, what am I here for? And why do I matter? And, and how, how do I experience unconditional love in a really deep way that changes everything? Gosh, just even listening to you say all those things, I like find myself going, this sometimes in certain rhythms of my life feels like the story of my life. Like, okay, I need to get a better system in place and I need to get a, get better about my to-do list and I need to get better about delegating. But when you're saying those things, I kind of feel this like tenseness in my chest. Like, I think that this is just the outer layer, like, you know, like what you're saying. And so, golly, I cannot wait to get a hold of this book. Oh, thank you. It's just really like my hope is that it will give people permission and a vision to live a different way. My life looks so different than it did three years ago. And I'm not at all saying that everyone's life should look like mine at all. Mm -hmm. But I want to give people permission to like whatever it is that needs to change in your life, change it now. Mm. We We have so much more authority over how we live than we think we do, right? That is so true. And since when did we begin to think that we didn't? Totally. And it's one of those things where when you're talking to someone, you would never say like, I do not have authority (laughs) over my own life, right? right? That's dumb. It sounds dumb. But, but there's, I was having a conversation with some of my best girlfriends and we were all, we all went to high school together and we don't see each other nearly as often as we want to. And so we were talking about like, oh, I love you. I love seeing your face. I love seeing your kids. Why don't we do this more often? And then we said, well, and you know, work and kids and sports and hockey and baptisms and first communions and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then one of the women at the end of the conversation said, but you know, what are you going to do? And it was just like this resignation that this is just how it is. Our lives are out of control fast and we can't put on the brakes of our own lives. Mm. And I, I have found such life and freedom and joy in locating the brakes on my own life and refashioning a way of living that works better for me and my family. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. That's so good. The book comes out August 9th and just a few days from now. And so I encourage everybody to get your hands on this. Um, I think I have one in my mailbox waiting for me to get a hold of, so I can't wait. So wonderful. Okay. Speaking of putting the brakes on, I'm going to go through a couple questions with you. And I want to start with one that I don't normally start with, but I want to start with this. How do you recharge? Um, you know, the first two things that come to mind are uh, reading and cooking. Mm. Um, I am 
like a bookworm times bookworm times bookworm. And very few things kind of put me back together um, more than reading. I love stories. I love novels. Um, and so reading is my number one thing. And then I just love to putter around a kitchen when I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. That that I think especially because so much of my life is like um, typing and thinking and really like non-physical. Yeah. Um, I love like the smell and the sound and the taste and, you know, the, the kind of physical side, the action side of cooking. Mm. Do you, are you the cook in your kitchen that just can just walk in and see a bunch of stuff and create something or do you follow recipes? No, I'm the, I'm the first kind. And I, especially I I always like my fantasy would be to have, um, to be on like a cooking show where I just have to walk into someone's kitchen and whatever's there, make something like, I don't know, what can you do? Come to my kitchen, Shana. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like I'm, you know, um, I mean, I like the whole thing where you like get your whole list and everything's Uh perfect, but I especially get, I get like a weird thrill from like, what can we do? Yeah. With grapes and cream cheese and whatever. <laughs> and then know. it's like this delicious. My husband's like that. I'll come in and be like, we have to go out to eat. There's nothing in this house. And we sit down and he has this like gourmet meal for us that he just, you know, <laughs> y'all are a lot alike in that. Um, so speaking of reading, what's something that you've read or something you've watched or heard that you just literally cannot stop recommending to other people? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, oh, okay. Um, I, I never know if I'm saying his last name right, but Paul Kalanthi. Or Kalanathi okay. wrote a book called When Breath Becomes Air. And it sounds so – like when I describe it to you, you're going to be like, I never want to read that book. It sounds so sad. <laughs> the writing of it is so beautiful and inspiring. So he was a um, – he was in his red- residency for medical school at Stanford in neurosurgery. He's going to become a brain surgeon. Um, he was newly married, no children. And was diagnosed with lung cancer. Mm. And uh, all his life he had wanted to be a writer and he was a deeply spiritual person. And so he wrote this series of essays knowing that his life was going to be cut short, but also thinking about the the, the process of dying through the, the, the lens of a doctor, mm, right? So his yeah. whole life. his whole life is about healing. It's about essentially, you know, saying um, – no, science can stand in the gap right. between what your body wants to do, right? And then all of a sudden, science can no longer stand in that gap and his life is going to end. And so they decide to have a daughter knowing that she will not know her dad. Uh, I mean, it is. But the way he writes about it is so – I have chills just talking about I it. I just got chills just now. It is so beautifully written and um, it makes you think about the way you're living, the way you're investing in your marriage, the way you're connecting to your faith, the way you're investing in your family and your community. It just kind of does that whole like, am I on the path I want to be on right now? Mm. It's so beautiful. That is and, – and I'm, I'm going to ask a silly question, but has he already passed away? He actually has and his wife finished the book on his oh, behalf. Oh, he didn't finish the book. No, she finished it. And, but he went into it knowing that this was a very yeah. real possibility. But it was it was sort of um, the process of writing it was part of his making peace with what was happening in his life, mm. was sort of saying all the things he had wanted to say. It is – No, I definitely course, want to read that book. Yeah. Like I would even say like if you need to – you know, like a gift for someone that you really love that you want to start a conversation with, it's that kind of, it's that kind of book. Like oh. it, it made me want to have a book club. Oh, I love a book club. Are you in a book club? I'm not. I used to be and I'm not right now. I used to be as well and it's where I did a lot of 
I got out of my box a little bit, you know, totally. and read different books and I love the conversation, but that's always something. It's always, if you ask me like, what would you like to put back into your life that you don't currently feel like you have this space for? My number one answer is a book club. I totally get that. I, there have been a couple books lately where as soon as I set them down, I'm like, Oh, I want to talk to somebody about this. <laughs> right. right. So like, what I do now is I totally just like, um, badger my cooking club girls to read the books I'm reading. I'm like, Hey, additionally, like let's cook Southern food, but also want to read this book. They're like, this is not a book club. You're like putting book club and cooking club together. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Anything you're watching? Are you a TV watcher? I am. Um, I'm trying to think there was something I just watched. Well, I mean, we love house of cards. We're mm-hmm. crazy about it. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was something unusual that I just watched that I was like sort of embarrassed about. Uh, oh yeah. And I'm going to blame this 1000% on Laura Tremaine, Hollywood housewife. Uh I just recently watched all of gossip girl, all of it. I have never seen that. I never saw it when it was happening. I just, it just like completely passed me by. And then I was sick for a long time this spring. And so you dove in chill and it became like my life. Okay. So clear the air for me because when I hear the name, I immediately think that it's like the, you know, version of 90210 when we were kids. Oh, it's absurd. It's, it's, it's (laughs) fancy rich kids in high school. There, there's no, I'm not making a case for why this is like culturally particularly valuable. I just like fell deep down the rabbit hole. Real hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sometimes yeah, shows like that just bring you in and you, you, yep. at the end of every episode, you go, I don't know why I'm watching it, but I'm going to watch the next one. Absolutely. That's where I am right now. Oh, the other one. This is so funny. Um, the girl who does my hair, um, recommended to me a show called bar rescue because her dad owns a bar and they uh-huh. were trying to like, like it, 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 there, someone I think approached them about the show. And so she was like, it's so weird, but my husband and I are crazy about it. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then, <laughs> and now I'm completely into it. I mean, it's like, I basically feel like I know everything there that you would need to know about how to, <laughs> to run a bar, the failing bar. Yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. That yeah. would be probably interesting because there are a lot of failing bars. I mean, you know, right. yeah, uh, 6,500 bars close a year, Jamie. I don't know oh, if you knew well, that. Thank you for that <laughs> I'm real, real into this one too. That is hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Do you, what about technology? Do you have a specific app or something that you love? Um, my number one favorite is Voxer. Do you do Voxer? Yes, I do. And I did it for a while and then I got out of it and, you know, Jessica Turner said that was her number one Uh favorite app too. And I use it more for work purposes now. Well, see, yeah. Like I know people who like Vox everybody. I have Vox, like, um, I think I Vox Laura once and Jen once and then, but mostly what it is, is a group conversation with the cooking club girls that literally goes on 24 hours a day, every day, all the time. It's like better than texting. Totally. We're just in a constant conversation. So any question, any funny story, any check-in, it's just always happening on Voxer and I love it. Do you ever get, because this is where Voxer fails me sometimes. I have, I always say I have a love hate. Do you ever get where you maybe were away from your phone for a while and you pick it up and there's like 85 unread, unlistened to, do you get nerve? Does that stress you out? Well, because it's large, like I literally, like in my mind, Voxer equals my conversation with a cooking club. Like we don't, so I don't do it with play. anyone else. Yeah. 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 So it, like sometimes I, I, I slip into thinking that that's what Voxer is. And every once in a while I'm like, what if I'm totally boxing someone else right now? That That's going to be real <laughs> embarrassing um, because I think of it as like our private little thing that only yes. we do. Yeah. So it's not, it's, it's fun when you get like every once in a while, if you're like in a situation where you can't have your phone with you for the day and you get back and you're like, holy moly, something, something happened. happened. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's oh, fun. Okay. That's great. Voxer. Um, Shauna, what's a dream that you had for yourself when you were younger that never came true? Like either circumstances or you had to just let something die. 
Um, well, this is not when I was much younger, but I, um, I always wanted to have more children. I always, mm. I always thought four kids would be the right number for us. I always wanted just, and I wanted to have them real close together where you see, where you see them coming and you're like, Oh, that's, that's bonkers right <laughs> yeah, there. Right. Um, and that's totally not how it happened for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there, uh, and I feel, I feel really thankful for where we are as a family. I love our boys. But when you ask me what I imagined my future would be like, I thought we would have more kids. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you have let go of or is it something that you still kind of hold on to? Um, I think not to get into my like gynecological history, right. but, um, you know, I, it, I did not have, especially my second pregnancy was really difficult. And I think my doctor would be a little bit like, hold on, pumpkin. If I said I wanted to have another baby, they'd be like, let's talk this through. Yeah. I think, I think you're done. Yeah. Uh, but we do talk about, um, uh, opening, you know, we, we keep the conversation about adoption open, um, just, and who knows? Um, yeah. but, but I, I'm really thankful for where we are. And I think again, sometimes like, I think my body told us we're done having we're done. kids biologically. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that's part of life, right? Like yeah. our bodies do and don't do certain things. I have friends who are just like pregnancy machines. It's yeah. just like jam. I love that for them. It's not how it was for me. Yeah. So um, I think there's something tremendously freeing about just saying like, what is it that my body is speaking to me? What is it that our family is speaking to me? What is it like, there's a lot you can learn about your life by just paying attention instead of like overriding, like who cares what my body says? This is what I want. want. Yeah. Yeah. Which book of yours do you kind of journey through that? Uh, Bittersweet. Um, Yes. 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 I remember. That's like my favorite one that I've read of yours. And I think I tell you that every time. Although bread and wine is really close. So there's that, but I can't wait to get a hold of your new one too. Okay. So you journey through that. I remember reading about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you think of your best friends or your, whoever you do life with the most, what are some characteristics about them that make them so special to you? You know, it's interesting that that you have this question because someone else just asked me this exact same question. Mm. Um, what are the three things that make that, you know, and I would say, um, one of them is just vulnerability. Um, I had a friend several years ago and I always use this example. Um, I'd probably known her for five years and I never saw her without her makeup on. And I felt like, you know what? We're doing something wrong. Right. (laughs) What is it about the way we connect that you feel like, even if we're like on vacation together, you need to get up early and put your face on. Like, Uh, there's something for me so deeply valuable about seeing and being seen kind of the unvarnished part of Mm -hmm. someone's life. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially in the world we live in today, we see enough of the, 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 the official version, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's Instagram. I don't need more of that in my life. Right. I mean, I like it for what it is, but it's not the same as like sitting on a couch with someone and, and crying your eyes out and just Mm -hmm. being right there with them. So vulnerability is one. Um, I, would, I love to be around people who, who love to have fun and who are funny. Mm-hmm. That's like my number one thing. Yeah. When I, when I meet someone and they make me laugh, I'm like, Oh, Oh, I'm I in. Like you. Yes. <laughs> totally. And then, um, I love to be around people who are passionate about something. It doesn't matter what, like, yeah. um, but it, I, I would say when I, I was just with a bunch of my girlfriends and it's so fun for me to watch them be so like hardcore and big time and passionate about something, even though it's totally different than what I'm into. Yeah. Um, but I love seeing, seeing people really alive. That's a really attractive quality to me. I, I, I agree with that too. It's really fun to watch your friends or people that are around you, like just run passionately after things that they're doing. It kind of like spurs everybody else on. I mean, it's not even like the same dream, but you're just like, wow, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I totally agree. I feel that same thing. I love being so proud of my friends. Um, What's some of the best advice you've ever received? So um, I think this is in maybe bittersweet, 
Maybe. Um, but it, it still holds true as some of the best advice I've ever given. My friend Denise told me it's not hard to decide what you want to be, what you want your life to be about. What's hard is uh, figuring out what you'll give up in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true. And so it's a constant reminder for me mm. to be kind of ruthless in brave and in cutting things out of my life that don't fit for this season. Yeah. Um, that we, we, we believe in the myth of all things to all people. It's just not how life works. It's not how people work. And Uh so I think of that when I say, Hey, I would love to be more involved in this, but in order to do the things I believe in, I can't do that this Uh, season. That kind of ties in a lot with what your new book is talking about Mm -hmm. too. You know, it's that same kind of theme of what, what is, what is important and what do you value and what are you going to do to make that happen? Absolutely. Oh, that's, I think that's really good. I think that is in all seasons of life. I'm finding that true in my life right now, Shauna, with my kids getting older and how old is your oldest? Nine. Okay. So we have work, we have some around the same age as well. And you'll see, even as he gets even a little bit older, just the activities that they have. Totally. And it's just, Aaron and I have always said that we will not let our children run our lives. Like we just, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not going to. And we looked up at each other this past spring and went, they're running our lives. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they're each just in one activity, but it kind of where we kind of had to look as a family and be like, Hey, what, what do we value? What are we going to pull out of to make mm-hmm. sure that we still keep our family tied straight, you know? And for us right now in that season, it looked like Aaron and I giving up a lot of stuff so that we could make sure that we are having dinner together most nights. Mm -hmm. And so I can see how that kind of ebbs and flows with different seasons of what you have to choose is going to work well for you. Absolutely. And I think, again, the freedom and the permission to, to say that stuff, like, Hey, there are things in this season that would be really fun or really valuable that we're just not doing in order to maintain that sense of connection and sanity for our family. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing for us to teach our kids too, right? I mean, absolutely. Oh, so good. Um, okay. What thing, what is one thing that you do that is directly tied to your success? Um, I would say, uh, I invest really deeply in the people that I love. Mm -hmm. And um, if I am able to be successful in any any area, it's because I'm surrounded by people who cheer me on, who tell me the truth, Mm -hmm. who challenge me. So I would say um, whenever I talk to people who are leaders or have any degree of influence in any way and they talk to me and they they tell me about how isolated they are, I feel real nervous about that. Like Mm – I am a part of a tribe of people who walk very closely together mm-hmm. and we're very honest with each other and they know my failings and my faults and my fears and they make me feel safe and brave. And yeah. I could, I couldn't do any part of what I do without that. Is that, would you say, and I'm just thinking that you, you know, you live a, a life that is in the public eye. Would you say that I would guess that you've had to be very intentional about that and have you had to let some things go that would be maybe awesome and great to keep that value of that tribe? Absolutely. Um, And, you know, one of the things that's very important to me is the people in my life are not people that I met uh, like at a reading. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I love and respect those people. I'm so thankful to have readers, but I, I don't, it feels very, dangerous to me when a uh, um, let's say a writer only spends time with their fans mm-hmm. right not their real people i'm so thankful and respectful for readers yeah but 
but I need my cousins and my childhood friends and my college roommates to remind me who I am in the best ways and in the worst ways. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I don't need people who think I'm fantastic. I need people who know who I really am. That's such good advice. Someone just told that to me the other day. They're like, make sure that you are constantly tied to the people who really know you. 1000%. Yeah. So good. And- that you take their feedback as disproportionately more valuable, right? Mm, yeah. So what my husband and my best friends think of me is more important than someone who just knows me um, from books or Instagram. Exactly. Uh, because they know the, the real inside scoop. Mm. And if they have questions or if they feel like I'm off track, I listen hard. Mm. That's so good. And that's I think that's great advice for anyone, even someone who may not be in the public eye. It's just like, who are your people that know you best? And let's listen to those voices. And absolutely, that's hard sometimes because you're not going to hear just good stuff all the time. I mean, you know, you're asking them to be real. You have to be able to listen to it as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So good. Okay. Last question. This one always, I always love what I hear from people. What is a pet peeve that you have? Oh, this, oh, I hate that this is true about me because it makes me sound like a monster, uh-huh. <laughs> but I have real strong feelings about grammar and slang. Okay, tell me more. I get so nervous when you this grammar because I'm really bad. No, and it's not even grammar. As much. Like, okay, I feel that if you have the time to get a manicure and a pedicure, uh-huh. you have the time to say the whole word and not oh, mani-pedi. I hear you. Like I, I, like, I can't. If someone says, do you want to go get a mani-pedi, I, it, like, I have to like <laughs> – like swallow all the things I want to say. Or again, vacay, right? Oh, if, yes. If you're on vacation, you have the time to say all three syllables of that word. Um, so I get real, really, really annoying and strange about slang. Oh, that is so funny. I'm going to think of you every time. I don't think I'm one of the people. I don't think I say those things. Yeah. Um, only because when if I were to say them out loud, to me, I would feel like I was trying to be Right. 19 or something. Right. The last thing I need to be is try to be 19 when I'm clearly 38. Um, So that is so funny. I love that. That's I could go on and on and on, but I would have no friends left if I told you all all the words. Now, now if one of your close friends was like, hey, well, they probably know this about you. But if someone said it, do you say to them, oh, my gosh, can you please say the whole word? No, no, no. no. I never would. You just let it go and think in your head, oh, my gosh, I hate that. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I have friends, like there's another one that I just, I, I like, I hate so much, but I have dear friends who say it all the time. And like on one hand, so you won't tell me what it is. No, I'm, no, I won't. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's life, right? Like there are probably yeah. 15 things that I say that like make their teeth just set on edge. Right. right. So that yeah, I'm, so I'm trying funny. to be less opinionated about that kind of stuff. I'm trying, just... I'm trying to be very, more live and let live when it comes live to Live and let live. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your battles. Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, that that's my favorite question to ask people because everyone <laughs> always is like, I don't want to say this because you're going to think bad of me, but it's so funny. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, Shauna, next time you're on a vacay, you'll have to let me know. <laughs> yeah, we can meet from Manny Petties. Oh. oh, gosh. Okay, this is the best. Shauna, thanks for coming on the Happy Half Hour. It's always so a joy to talk to you. and. Look forward yeah. to your new book, and I hope that everyone can race out and get it. It's probably in every bookstore you can think of, and especially on Amazon, because you can get anything on Amazon. Thank you. And can I tell you one thing, just before yeah. we are totally done? I think you're doing a really, really great job on this Aww. podcast. I hear about it all the time. People love it. They're excited about it. So I just wanted to, I, I don't know how much, I'm sure you hear some of that, but like, 
you're really building a beautiful, great creative community. I love what you're doing. Shauna, that means the world to me. Thank you so, so much. You're a joy. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, everybody, thanks for joining me on the Happy Half Hour. Don't forget, every Wednesday, I got a new girlfriend with me chatting about the big things, the little things, and everything in between. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.